There's murder and intrigue But the kids of Riverdale are gonna be just fine Just fine, just, just fine There's Jughead and Betty And Dad's a serial killer serving some jail time Jail time, jail, jail time We got milkshakes at Pops and mimosas at Veronica's Yeah, the kids of Riverdale are gonna solve some crime Some crime, some, some crime Cause the kids of Riverdale are gonna still be fine Maybe damage, damn, damn, damn Sit right down, you're gonna have a real good time With Team Cheryl Who's Archie? guys and ghouls and welcome to another episode of milkshakes and spookmoses that's not a thing but it is now and i am doing a terrible impression of the crypt keeper and i'm getting pity laughs from one of my co-hosts and the other oh, co-host enjoying it i just didn't get no, you no. an impression of the crypt keeper that is the worst impression of the crypt keeper i've ever fucking heard i would have to go more high-pitched but i can't do it john kassir i don't know how you do it you're a wonderful man and today we're talking about spooky dookie comics Maybe not Dookie, that has a different connotation. Um, but we are talking about Archie Horror Comics for Halloween. This episode will be released on Halloween. And if you're listening to it at the right time, you're like, whoa, I'm getting candy and I'm an adult. And that's what you're doing. But anyways, I'm not joined alone to talk about Archie Horror Comics and terrible things that I just randomly said that does not sound logical at all. Uh, I'm also joined by... Thor. Hello, Thor. Spooky. Oh, good. You're calling me Thor again. Yeah, no worries, Danny. Anyways, uh, <laughs> we're also joined by, by my good buddy, Alex. Hello, Alex. Hey, man. How's it going? Oh, you know, spooky, spookified, spooking it up. Um, you know, uh, this is a this is a good time of year to uh, enjoy my life because I am a, a horror nut and Lately, Archie Comics has kind of really been killing it in the horror field. Like, <laughs> honestly, killing it. Killing it. Haha. <laughs> accidental murder puns. But I find that, like, consistently the most interesting stuff I'm reading, okay, and let's be honest, it's the only comic books I'm reading, are the Archie horror comics. And they're kind of, they always have, like, a really interesting tone to them. And I really like, uh, like, a lot of the art styles to them and the way that they're kind of really playing fast and loose with, like, the Archie multiverse. I think Archie comics right now is doing a lot of interesting things with, uh, examining its history and where it's kind of going forward. And Archie horror comics are kind of a big part of that right now. So that's the only comics you're reading, but don't worry. Hentai counts as comics. Well, (laughs) I mean, reading what, Uh, but (laughs) you're doing those comics wrong. Um, but you know, um, so they're really good. Uh, I was one of the big reasons I wanted to have Alex on just because it's always nice to have Alex on because even if he had never researched and didn't experience anything Archie for a year, he would still be more knowledgeable on Archie than like most people on the planet. Uh, But yeah, I kind of really wanted to talk to you about like some of the Archie comics horror origins, like where a lot of this stuff comes from, if it was just kind of out of the blue in 2013 or how they kind of usually deal with more spooky topics in like old school, like Archie digests. Like it doesn't have to be crazy, but, um, well before 
they were ever called Archie Comics. They were actually called MLJ Comics. Uh, it was like initials of the the first letters of the names of the guys that founded it, whatever. Um, and Archie was first in Pep Comics issue number 22. I believe it was 22. But um, it was before... called Pep Comics. Yes. That's why Riverdale is the, the town with Pep. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I'm sure Pep will be a no, new drug in Riverdale. Give it a few seasons. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Once they realize Pep. how ridiculous Jingle Jangle sounds is outside of song lyrics. Um, I remember uh, Pep on the original DuckTales was the bubble gum that made you float. Oh, that's right. Wow. Wow. There you go. They stole um, it. Freaking Archie. <laughs> yeah. But roller, yeah, going back to Pep, uh, before Archie launched, they actually did, because Pep was just a general comics, you know, a collected comic story, like the, the comics all used to be in the, the late 30s, early 40s. Um, one of the comics they had was actually called Madam Satan, and that was their really only horror character at the time. And she ran, fr- she's on the cover of issue 15 of Pep. She's just like a woman with like a green demon face. Uh, and then she had a comic that ran from Pep issues 16 to 21, and they canceled her comic to make way for Archie. Oh, wow. They canceled Satan and brought in Archie. There's some yes. biblical connotations about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So was this, sorry, so when did you say, like, was this right around when, like, Tales from the Crypt and, like, this is all of pre- those? Were... This is before EC. So this is back. Oh. Yeah, this was 1941. Oh. Wow. Uh, or 1940. Yeah, end of 41 or beginning of 42. Uh, oh, because was... I, I would have thought they would have phased it out. What's going on, boys? We better draw some comics about a green lady with a cat. That's right. Hey, man. Many cats. That's many cats, <laughs> man. That sounds like my dream. Um, um, if yeah, you're out there, was... Madam Satan, call me. I don't think EC was until the early 50s, like post war. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Because, like, a lot of times, like, as I think. Um, you saw like a big uptick in horror after World War Two and after and and like a big zombie uptick after Vietnam. And the idea was like there were all these like adults who went through and saw like really traumatic shit. And like they had to kind of like get their art and like get their like souls through these all these like traumatic things they experienced. So they did it through the realm of horror comics or like in horror media. And like that's how like they got through some of the more like intense things, which is kind of like interesting if you're looking at it from like a sociological uh, standpoint. So that's why I think like in the 40s, that's that's interesting because I would have I would have thought that they would have like had this Madam Satan character and then would have phased her out. At the same time, they had to pretty much phase all of those classic horror comics out due to the Comics Code Authority. Yeah. Uh, As far as I know, after they launched Archie and it became the most popular character in Pep and then they renamed the company after Archie, it just became Archie Comics. Um, I think they sort of pivoted away and focused more on archie and then side characters for archie and they did have i think like romance style comics and 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 other properties like that and they still had like the the shield their original guy that captain america does kind of i don't want to say rip off but pay homage to very strongly (laughs) Uh, (laughs) oh um, yeah that's right that was that thing where the captain america's 
totally influenced by the shield, but then when they brought the, sh they didn't use the shield for a while, and uh, when they started using him again, Marvel successfully sued them to like not throw his shield and that kind of stuff because that that's Captain America's thing. Even though Captain America got it from the shield, Marvel just had yeah. better lawyers. Yeah, Damn. it's a real Oreo Hydrox cookie thing where Hydrox is the original sandwich cookie, but uh, came out like three years before Oreo, but Oreo just had better marketing and was like, Hydrox is a ripoff of us. And everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. So <laughs> you, hear, you hear that, Hydrox? We're coming for you. We're bringing you back. Oreo, you're going down. That's right. We're taking That's... on you, Nabisco. Um, <laughs> the National Biscuit Company. <laughs> That's what Nabisco is short for. Um, so as, as far as I know, uh, after after they, they switched to Mainline Archie, uh, it was mostly that as their main main titles until like Munsters and and Adam's family and stuff became big in the '60s, and that's right. when they started looking at introducing Sabrina. And they had Archie's Madhouse comic, which was where they could put the Archie characters doing like madcap things, like oh, Archie goes to babysit for a family, but they're actually like Mr. and Mrs. Frankenstein's monster, and their their kid is is like a. a whatever a, a kid frankenstein and 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 archie has to you know like hook him up to a car bat like just weird dumb all stuff right like that. all like, right look I, I thought we weren't getting into spoilers for like the next season of riverdale come on keep it keep, keep, keep it out what we're doing. yeah oh i wouldn't be surprised if there's anything uh ras would do it's mine the old comics for weird stuff that nobody remembers uh but that's when they Wait, introduced what did, what did you call the creator of riverdale Oh, hey, RAS, yeah. Roberto Gary Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's got to make sure you don't mispronounce his whole yeah. name. You just call RAS. It's pretty easy. Call yeah. him yeah. 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 So is that, would, would that be your guys' equivalent of AOC? Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's furious with Zuckerberg right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's very timely of me. Um, so... Yeah, they, they brought in Sabrina and Archie's Madhouse, and then they had, I think it was called Chilling Tales or or something, was a comic where they sort of did their own EC-style horror comic, and then they just would draw Sabrina in to be their Crypt Keeper character. So Sabrina would be like, oh, this story's about a guy who does whatever, and then she would just throw to uh, a five five or six-pager about you know like a, a teacher who is secretly a witch and melts her student and it's it's some of the comics are actually like gross looking i've i've got a compilation of some of the first issues um, nice that's that's cool that is some yeah. cool stuff so they they dabbled with that stuff and then sabrina became like their sort of campy horror character where it was all just silly fun and i think yeah. they, they mainly stuck with that for the longest time that makes sense because I saw some of the old uh, Sabrina filmation uh, cartoon, and yes, I bought the complete series. I saw that sitting on the shelves the other day and was like, "I'm buying that. I'm spending money responsibly." Uh, but there was like an episode where she Sabrina takes the Universal monsters to her school 
to like just bring them in and keep them out. And then the whole time, Reggie's being like a fucking narc, and it's just like, ooh, dude, there's universal <laughs> monsters, Miss Grundy, Miss Grundy, they're the monsters. That's not a man, that's an invisible man. And you're like, oh, Reggie, you asshole, just let the monsters like hang out and like do some shit. And yeah. like I was, I was very confused as to why Sabrina was at the same high school as as Reggie. But like, I, was that just for the cartoon, or was that like early Sabrina? They didn't really separate it as much. I think when they introduced, I I could be wrong. I haven't done my deep dive into Sabrina lately, but sorry, it uh, Sabrina does live in Greendale, the next town over from Riverdale. I think originally she might have lived in Riverdale and gone to Riverdale High with with Archie and the gang. Uh, But also because they had like the shared universe, it would just be sometimes like, oh, Archie and the gang are here or, oh, Sabrina's here for this issue. Like the the Archie canon was so lax because there doesn't need to be a canon. Everything's a vignette. Everything's a, a, a story with the same characters doing the same things. So it's it's easy for them to cross over. Um, but I do think traditionally Sabrina lives in Greendale and goes to Greendale High. Uh, what a creative and, name. Yes. Uh, Look, Sabrina's <laughs> got enough to deal with. She has Harvey, the most boring boyfriend in the fucking world. Yeah. Oh, my God. Harvey sucks. Yeah. I, I, was, I was so happy. Spoiler alert on the show when they were broken up by like episode four. Oh yeah. well, uh, I mean, don't be too happy. That that old sack of bones still kicks around. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, every iteration of Harvey just sucks. Like even the one on the the Melissa Joan Hart show. Like that Harvey was like like uh, what's his face? Ethan Kraft from Lizzie McGuire. Like just the oh, dumb, yeah, handsome yeah, guy yeah, that yeah. just. How could you not realize this really cute girl likes you? Like you're a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so as far as I know, that was most of the Archie horror stuff. Um, and I, I'll, I'll throw it back to you now, Andrew, and you can sort of talk about it unless you want me to keep going. It's oh, no, 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 no. Throw away, throw okay. away. I, mean, I think, I think the next and only other little thing to talk about before we get fully into the, like the reboot and relaunch in 2013, uh, I guess Archie's weird mysteries is probably like the the next closest time they ever yeah. really kind of dabbled with like horror aspects, and yeah. that was like very clearly like X Files is big. Like we've got a we've got to yeah. like tie this in and do like a kids friendly like cartoon version of that. And I know they also did do some comics for Archie's weird mysteries. I'm not sure if they were like concurrent with the show. Yeah, I've they, only they featured even the same art style like. The oh, comics nice. were drawn to look like the show. Um, I've got a couple issues. Uh, I want to say there's 40 issues. Like it, it ran, I want to say for three or four years. Um, uh, yeah, I think, r- I think around the same time. So Archie's weird mysteries got a longer run than like 90% of the various runs of Aquaman over the years. Well, yes. of course. <laughs> yes. Archie's uh, mysteries way oh, better than anything Aquaman has. It's, like Aquaman it's such stuff. a great theme song, and you got Andrew Rannells as the voice of Archie. Like you can't go wrong. Um, yeah, you're right. I think that is the last sort of thing. And then when they had the Sabrina show, that was obviously making the money, and they were happy just to do that. Um, and then I will say, before they launched the horror line, 
I think it was all born from Archie hadn't done many big storylines until they did like Archie marries Betty, Archie, Archie marries Veronica in the early 2000s. And then following that, they relaunched the Life with Archie comic where every issue was like split in half and half of it was in the Archie marries Betty universe and the other half is in the Archie marries Veronica universe. So you'd read the first half of the comic and it's, oh, Archie and Betty are poor musicians living in the big city, uh, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, trying to make it as a band. And then you've got Archie married to Veronica where he's working at Lodge Industries, but they're secretly trying to buy out Pop's uh, chocolate shop from underneath him, which is the only storyline. It's like the biggest thing. It's the story they always go to the well, like, oh, man, how are we going to get everybody together? Well, Pop Tates is going to it's getting bought out by Mr. Lodge. Like <laughs> so. it's 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 such a big problem that in one of the storylines that we talk about, uh, they kill a version of Pop and then they have to find a very convoluted way to bring a pop back into uh, a com- horror comic universe. And <laughs> I will I will I will get into that when we yeah. get into it a little farther. Um, um, so when they were doing Life with Archie, they're trying to buy Pops's corpse out from under him. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Mister Lodge bought the uh, the medical debt on Pops' fake hip. Uh, <laughs> so, when, so they were mostly done the series, and they were getting towards the end, and they knew that they were going to kill Archie at the end of of Life with Archie. Spoiler alert for yeah, a twelve thirteen year old comic. That was the big deal. It was all in the news. Like, they're going to kill off Archie. Well, they were killing off Archie in this alt-life-with-Archie timeline. Um, and when they were leading up to that, they were doing a bunch of variant covers. And one of the variant covers that they suggested is like, what if, as a joke, we did, like, Afterlife with Archie? So, so Archie running away from Zombie Jughead. And they went to um, uh, Frank Avia. Uh, what's his is it Francesco Francavia? Francesco, I think yeah. yeah. Uh, they went he's to him an and they were like, artist, by the way. Oh, like, he's, oh my god, he's the best. So they went to him and they were like, "Can you draw us this cover of like Archie and like a zombie Jughead?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." So he drew that up, and they released it as one of the variant covers. Uh, it might have been the main cover, but I think it was a variant, anyways. And it got it garnered enough attention that the ish the series ended like Life with Archie ended with them killing Archie five or six issues later and they were like well what are we going to do next and they said well we got a lot of traction and a lot of attention when we did that afterlife with archie what if we actually launched that as a title so that's how they went from it just being like this one-off joke to launching what is now their i don't want to say their tent pole but honestly like now that they're focusing so much on riverdale they don't really care about the main Archie titles. I think they're just sort of leaning into the horror because they realize like, oh, the horror was what got us through and kept us in the in the black until Riverdale took off because they did relaunch and they did do, you know, like the Mark Wade Archie and the Chip Zdarsky yeah. Jughead. They relaunched the, the main titles, but it was really the horror titles that were people were subscribing to. People were buying every variant cover. People were rabid about it. And then, uh, yeah, it's it's what I think made them a lot of money and kept people buying comics 
from Archie, who otherwise would just be like, I'm, I'm not going to buy Archie. Like, I'm not going to buy an Archie comic. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll read it in the checkout line, but I'm yeah. not going to buy so it's a sort comic. Of like if, well, it's well, like if Gwenpool was successful. <laughs> I guess. I guess if Gwenpool's... I, that doesn't make any sense at all. It's the, like if Marvel Zombies was more successful, you could have gone No, well... <laughs> except marvel zombies actually ran for like however many issues Gwenpool oh, yeah. got like eight issues and then got canceled so i'm saying because um, Gwenpool was a variant cover oh yeah i guess yeah she, then, she did start as a joke that makes yeah. sense yeah um so what's interesting is like you mentioned that like archie like would be something you read off newsstands the first issue of Afterlife with Archie is the first comic that they ever did that. They just went straight to comic book stores. Like they didn't put it on the newsstands, and like I can kind of, I can kind of see why you wouldn't put it on the newsstand. Yeah. And it was also the first issue to ever be related, like Teen Plus. Like I think they like because it wasn't just like all ages comic book, and like that's like a big risk. I remember when this first came out, I was in college doing a working at an internship which was basically just working at this comic book shop very poor i was doing a very poor job of producing this uh radio show for our one of our local uh affiliate stations and like these comic book guys who own this comic book shop would just come and just liquor the shit out of me and just get me very drunk and then we would just talk comic books for like ever but like they just like an amazing internship I mean, like, I guess it was, but, like, it was a Tuesday night. Wednesdays were rough, man. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> um, but, because well, they senior year. I went to class all the time because I'm a fucking nerd. I'm the Dilton <laughs> Doily of this motherfucker, okay? Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, it was a big deal when it came out because it was one of the issues that they talked about that was, like, coming out. They were like, oh, wow, like, can you believe this? Like, what the hell is this? Like, Archie's, like, eating people. Like, no, it wasn't Archie. I think it was Jughead. Jughead, yeah. like, gets turned into a zombie and, like, eats somebody. But, like, it was, like, it was very surprising because, like, this was also, like, 2013. I think 2013 was, like, right at the peak of of even walking dead mania. Like, I think that was right near the beginning. I think, uh, walking dead might've been a few seasons in, but it was like very early. And it was like right before oversaturation of the zombie market. Cause like where we are now, zombie entertainment is kind of on the downslide. Uh, the odd one will make like a big splash, but like, it's, it's not as big as it once was early, like 20, 2010 to like 2015 in that area before oversaturation took place there were a lot of zombie everything so zombie archie was not that crazy of an idea but it was still crazy if you knew the history of the company and uh i'll be honest like um this is not like i think i've read an issue of afterlife with archie and i own all of afterlife with archie it's just not been my go-to version of archie horror imprint and it didn't even start as an archie horror imprint that actually didn't start till the eighth issue so by issue eight of this series they had officially started calling it archie horror and also there's only been 10 issues uh released um but uh you know it's uh it's it the it's so it is roberto aguirre sacasa writing it similar to the other one of the other comics we'll talk about is chilling adventures of sabrina and uh i'm pretty sure like his release schedule is not super consistent am i am i right on that (laughs) 
So what happened was they had him writing these flagship comics. And then when they wanted to launch Riverdale as a darker entry in sort of the Archie oeuvre, uh, they went to him to be the showrunner. And when Riverdale took off and was making them big bank on the WB, they were sort of like, this is where your focus goes for now. Those comics are going on hiatus where those comics have been for four years, which is a real kick in the ass to people like me who were buying the issues. Like I didn't get in afterlife right away. I saw it and I saw, I saw it on the news or I saw it at like a pharmacy or whatever. I was at the magazine rack and I'm like, Oh cool. Like Archie's new horror thing. And I remember flipping through and being like, Oh, this is, I expected like a, like a Scooby-Doo style, like, Oh, it's fun zombies. And it was like, the first issue I read was the one where uh, Archie goes with his dog to see if he can find his his dad or whatever. And his dad has been bitten and turned into a zombie. And Archie's dad goes to attack him. And Archie's dog, like, gets in the way. And then you ha- there's an entire page of Archie's dog having, like, flashbacks of happy memories of growing up with Archie. And then getting bitten by Archie's dad. And then, like, looking at Archie and thinking in his head, like, run, master, like, run. And then becoming a zombie. And then Archie has to, like, beat his dad and his dog's head in with a baseball bat. And, like, that's the first issue I read. I was like, I don't want to read this comic anymore. (laughs) Holy shit. That's insane. That was the fourth or fifth issue. So then I went back to the beginning and I'm like, oh, it's still traumatizing. It is it is needlessly very, very, very dark because it isn't just like, oh, Jughead becomes a zombie. It's like Reggie, while cheating, uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, let's just say Reggie accidentally runs over Hot Dog and Jughead finds him in the road and goes to Sabrina because he knows that he doesn't know Sabrina's a witch, but he knows she's got some something going on. She reads from the Necronomicon and uses a spell to bring a uh, hot dog back to life. Uh, Jughead leaves, goes home with hot dog. Hot dog ends up biting him and Jughead becomes the first human zombie and, and hot dog is the first animal zombie. Uh, Sabrina's aunts find out that she read from the no- Necronomicon and uh, banish her to like the the alternate hell universe where she's sort of like, locked in what is sort of like a jail cell and she's in there and then it turns out that uh it it becomes like this weird cthulhu thing where she becomes like a bride of cthulhu and cthulhu like takes over her consciousness and marries her and like it is it is really really dark that's wow that's crazy wow like i think so I, I, as we go on um, from like these series to series, I think what really strikes me with the series that are released now is like that. Yes, they are dark and yes, they go into horror elements, but they don't seem to be as. OK, so <laughs> to explain this. So what you're explaining to me, it sounds like American horror story writing is what I would say. Like it kind of sounds like Afterlife with Archie has like tinges of american horror story where like in so for me with american horror story it always starts out with like a concise interesting premise and then by episode three i'm like no 
I'm not I'm out. I'm out. No, no, we're not talking about Anne Frank here. Okay, we're dropping this plot line. I think that yeah, the Archie like Afterlife and to an extent the the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, the the next in the series in the Archie horror imprint. Um, I would say yeah, that's the issue that uh, RAS, while making really interesting comics, they weren't fun to read. Uh, right. I looked forward to reading them, but it was also like traumatic. They weren't, Jeez. they weren't really like campy or fun. Like there's a, there's a, a weird thing in afterlife where they sort of imply that like Jason Blossom has been uh, sort of forcing an incestuous relationship on Cheryl for years. Oh, so then God. what, so then when everybody's like out in the woods, on zombie watch she like shoots him in the head and kills him and when people catch her she's like well he's been you know molesting me for years and all the guys are sort of like get her out of here and the women are like you don't know what it's like and i'm like man i just like i wanted to see zombie jughead bite people and like i didn't want to deal with like (laughs) incest and 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 secret and other characters who are secret lesbians and having to 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 pretend not to be because of their their uh sex or their homophobic and and racist parents like so there is what, ca- what characters single... were that just curious uh ginger and nancy oh okay okay because i was about to say because I, 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 I was uh, I was interested in that because uh, as we go forward, there are certain storylines in this that deal with uh, Betty and Veronica having oh. a. Oh, I'm here for that. But uh... um, so so what you're saying is, whenever this creator whose name I can't even remember, let alone the initials. R A S. Okay, whenever the R E F. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Raz. Yeah, whenever the Royal Air Force does uh, <laughs> d- d- does does anything that he writes, it's gonna have incest in it. Just just gonna have blossom incest. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, you know, I guess yeah, he's just to, just to all extent, there. I think he finds twins naturally. To, I, I I don't want to put any words in his mouth, but the way he writes some of his characters, I think he just sees the blossoms as a weird incestuous relationship. But if you go back and read the old Archie comics, like a lot of the brother sister duos, like uh, in, in uh, Josie and the Pussycats, you've got Alex Alexander and Alexandra Cabot, the, the twins. And then in, in Archie, you've got, yeah, the, the blossoms. I think he, there were weird vibes they gave off to each other. Like they, they they were never flirting with each other, but it was weird to write teens who were related. And I think he was just naturally picking up on that. I will say he he is like the Archie historian because the only reason I kept watching Riverdale for as long as I did is because he put in so many weird, deep callbacks to things that I just <laughs> had to keep watching to be like, oh, that character he puts in like Edgar Evernever or whoever is like that's somebody from the comics introduced in the 70s who was like so and so's dad and like he he goes deep like he goes way back into the archives and he will find like like we mentioned earlier with Madam Satan that's why Madam Satan is a character in the chilling adventures of Sabrina because he was like well I want to take a character from the history of Archie and sort of bring it in in an interesting way 
And he's the kind of person who would know, like, oh, there was that five issue character from 1941 who I can make a key character in my Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comic. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. And I think that is kind of a good transition over to talking about uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina since it is the same creator. Um, would you recommend like have you read all of Afterlife with Archie and would you recommend it before we move on? Like what? I've read every issue and I would recommend it, but just know that it's unfinished. It's yeah. the it's the 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 mini the first mini arc is sort of resolved. I think they broke them down into like six issue arcs or whatever, so they could do traditional, you know, like trade paperbacks. But there's only really the one mini arc is is completed like the the leaving riverdale um where they go have to they all have to leave riverdale and and like hide in the woods or whatever um but the other arcs aren't really resolved so there's really neat stuff but like i said it's also it's really bleak um it's really hard to get through sometimes but uh francesco francovia's art is beautiful and the the covers and some of the variants covers of of afterlife are are awesome so it's it's really worth i'll say collecting if you want to get the comics and though the the single issues like original printings are are they're not crazy they're not through the roof but they're a comic that might hold their value if you're just looking in a pure collecting side but as far as reading like yeah i'd buy the first i would recommend buying at least the first collected the the trade of afterlife with archie and just reading that and then if you like it just wait and hopefully they let somebody else take over the line and finish the the last couple issues that you know they really need to do but i i would recommend it's it's worth a read yeah that's that's true and, and unfortunately the next comic we're going to talk about has a very similar problem uh, yes. and that's the chilling adventures of sabrina also written by roberto aguirre sacasa is this and... one as depressing oh no! yeah oh but well... yes Yes, it is. It's I mean, it's interesting. It's kind of like a lot of the the DNA from the new show is in the the this version of the comic, but they change a lot of things and I like a lot of the things they change about the show from this comic. Like for example, the way that they write Madam Satan in the show and the way they deal with her character just cuz it's a TV show and they have a lot more stuff to kind of mix around with they actually kind of make her a better character they like even like things like explaining like her motivations and stuff like that i think they do better because in i would just say i wanted her to be more outwardly evil that would be the show and and like you know that she's into like you know that she's mad but when you get into the comic and you find out like oh she is technically like a woman scorned uh to to use the old trope um like the stuff that she did to Sabrina's family is really dark and the stuff that she causes to happen to Harvey is really dark like her yeah, her her fair. revenge on like Sabrina's entire family for Sabrina's dad dumping her for uh, a mortal woman which wow. i get is is oh. quite the See, one of my problems with her character is that she's a character who got dumped by uh, Sabrina's dad and then jumped into a pit of fucking lions. And you just watch a bunch of lions tear her the fuck apart. Yeah. I I mean, mean, who hasn't? (laughs) 
we've all wanted to uh, after a breakup we've all just wanted to jump into a pit of lions you know daniel style hoping maybe they don't eat us and but uh that's Thor it was style that, that's right uh yeah it was like the stuff like her trap again i don't want to spoil but no, I, I do. I, I, I guess not not to spoil it a little bit, but um, I would say, again, this is another series with like amazing artwork. Yes. Which, again, oh, Robert is, Hack is such a cool artist. Robert Hack's style is really cool. It he like they they did a great thing in choosing those two artists because nobody else illustrates like them. Like no. there's nobody who who does anything like um, Frank Avia and there's nobody who does anything like Hack like despite what his last name would have you believe he's anything but uh he his his art is gorgeous like his, his it's uh, a lot of it isn't even inks i think it's like watercolors and stuff yeah his, i think his, so his original wow. art is is prohibitively expensive like it, it's getting pretty his, much like his like, pages oh i bet oh man i bet you that's really expensive because like, i, I think they're in the thousands like oh that makes yeah. sense I was gonna say he his artwork is one of the big reasons why like this comic is a must read in my in my yes. books. Like, if for nothing else, to just like experience his artwork and oh, it's gorgeous! It's so lush. It, well, not even it, lush. It's it's minimalist, but 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 beautiful. I, it, yeah, and and it captures like creepy imagery really well. Like it was one of those things where like um, I I threw on like a creepy Halloween playlist and just kind of like had that in the background while reading this book and it was like really it really worked well because just like how the artwork and the sense of style and some of the ideas that are like being tossed around it's i think they also do a very interesting choice in making it a period piece uh i i i like that idea a lot um i also like salem talking like i need i need talking salem like come on come on talking salem and Um, he's any salem's proper colors I mean, like, it seems like uh, a lot of times when they adapt Salem, they just make him a black cat. But he's got that white belly, right? That's right. Uh, the Well, wasn't the, Salem uh, in the comics originally orange, or am I drunk? You're probably drunk. I don't think he was ever orange. I think he was black and white, was he not? I think he was always black and white. But it's hard to keep him straight because uh, Alexandra Cabot also had a cat that she used that gave her magic. It was that whole thing for a while in the Josie comics. Uh, oh, but, yeah. oh yes the magical just, cat yeah um yeah the the sabrina comic is it's it's again it's it's really worth reading but it's it's very unfulfilling in the fact that like yeah no it's it's unfinished like yeah which again is just like a major bummer like i i i think that like um, there are so many really talented writers out there. And like, I think Roberto Acquire Sacasa did like a really good job opening these, but if he's going to take such a big role in doing the TV shows, which he obviously has, and that's kind of like his main focus now, like, I think it makes a lot of sense to kind of, you know, give those to somebody else, especially given how, like since 2017, uh archie horror has been doing pretty well has been doing a lot of really interesting things and i think that i think that they're selling pretty well like at least at least i know at my local comic book shop like the reason why 
they immediately know my my hold number is because like there's one guy who's like who who runs the shop who's like who always is like oh i love archie horror i just need to talk to this guy and i'm really <laughs> glad he remembers my code because i have wandered in there drunk and forgotten what my box code is. <laughs> like okay. hey man I have a very important update on the color of Salem, which is if you look here from 1971, there's Salem orange. What? Oh, in the corner behind her head. Yeah. The fuck? Okay. What is going? Make this the cover art. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. I, I, that's interesting. Okay. I wonder if they're just trying to ape that Garfield. They're like, look, man, Garfield. Well, Garfield may not have even been around then. Oh, yeah. my God. I don't know Did... if that's just a famous, like, miscolor, if they just miscolored the cover, but uh, that was the only photo of Salem from the comics that I had ever seen somehow. Oh. There you go. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but, yes. Yeah. So, like, again, I think Chilling, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is, is pretty great, especially if you do like the the modern-day Netflix show. Uh, know that they are pretty different, but um, that opening that everyone loves from that Netflix show is all done using artwork from the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comic. Yes. And it really was the building blocks for that show. So I, I do think that if you do like that show, it's uh, it's it's well worth checking this out. But like again, you'll be kind of unfulfilled. Like, is her uh, uh, is Sabrina's um, cousin that they have trapped under house arrest in the show? Yeah, is he a character from the comics? Yes, but he looks more like uh, well, he kind of looks like you, Thor. He uh, <laughs> well, well I although say, I mean, there's he's no... a middle aged. There's guy no with, fucking with facial oh, hair. Sorry. I, I was oh, just yeah. going to say, before you even described him, there's no minorities in the Sabrina <laughs> comics, so he definitely wouldn't look like Ambrose from the show. Oh, very, yeah, very much. No, he uh, he's a, uh, a middle-aged to, to early 50s or something looking white guy with some facial hair who is, yeah, just the old cousin that, that lives with her, cousin Ambrose. Thank you for yeah, that, that 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 is worth but noting. He looks like an older you, not not contemporary <laughs> you. For those of you listening, I'm very young and virile. Yes. <laughs> um, it it is it is interesting that they did add a lot of diversity into um the the shows when they kind of like brought them over because you kind of you kind of notice that especially if you're going through like um some of the some of the comics like they. Well, that's um, something I, I like, wish they'd done with Marvel. I mean, that's something where you have all these comics that are written back in the 50s, so everyone's a white man. And then you adapt yeah. it, and you're like, better make it a white man. Well, I think, well, I think actually I was going to say that the opposite kind of happens with Marvel nowadays, where they have, uh, like, in order to uh, get Nick Fury to look like Sam Jackson Nick Fury, the current Nick Fury in the comics is actually Nick Fury Jr., and then they just sent Nick Fury white guy to space. I'm not <laughs> shitting you. But Nick, but Nick Fury right now is, like, is now the Watcher who uh, watches over everything, I believe. Or he's dead. I don't remember. Some old old ass Nick Fury. Some shit happened to him. You remember but that, like that Nick been... Fury movie back in the day with David Hasselhoff? 
I I know about the Hoff. Let's let's <laughs> not play around here. Um, but yeah, so um, it is interesting how they do kind of stick with the character, like the comic book characters' original races. They don't really change that a lot in Archie, like modern Archie at all. Like in any of the stuff I've read, like Pop is consistently white in all yes. other. Archie, which I just think is interesting. Like, I, I don't know if it's like a, co- a comment one way or the other. I just think it's it's interesting because especially where like other comics in order to match their more popular on screen portrayals, they'll like they'll kind of like play fast and loose with some of that stuff or introduce a new character or do things like that. I just thought it was it's kind of interesting that Archie's kind of like staying salute to that. Um, Yeah, it's I mean, when you look at the Archie stuff, it was neat that, yeah, eventually they did add Chuck as as their their black friend and Nancy as the girl that he would be destined to be with being the only black girl at the school. Um, <laughs> but it's also to think if like in the blandest terms or in the most basic terms, like I would say uh, Marvel and DC Comics were probably popular in urban areas where I would argue like Archie would have been most popular in the suburbs. So to draw a bunch of white kids playing together just made a lot more sense to them. And they're also like the Archie offices were in upstate New York. They were a bunch of guys who lived in upstate New York. They weren't, even though the Archie offices were uh, in downtown New York for a little while, it was never really a, a, a an urban company. It was always sort of just these older white guys doing their thing. And let's be, um, let's be clear, the Archie offices are in White Plains, New York, which is yes. where, like, Robert Petrie lived on the Dick Van Dyke show. It's not, like, Utica, you know? Yeah, like, they're not... that's, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh... Sure, I know nothing about New York, so you're just, like, saying words to me. I'm like, did Spider-Man go there once? Okay. <laughs> it's the people who call them steamed hams versus the people who don't. <laughs> and this is this that's has fair. been... I do... I do think that is actually are, are like. Are you gonna have more of uh, three white guys talking about racism? No, no. I <laughs> okay. Look, I was just gonna say it's probably better that, especially back then, that Archie comics did not try to appeal to other like it. Like nothing's worse than like old comic white dudes who are the writers trying to like appeal to the other ra- like other races. Or just, or just <laughs> even portray the other races, like the fucking Tintin comics. Have any of you read the Tintin Ooh. comics? Ooh, yeah. Hey, anyway, so there was also another horror comic that was released in this line, and is actually like the one of the first times that the line itself was kind of introduced and that is um this is jughead the hunger where jughead is a werewolf so this is jughead becomes a werewolf and his entire family is like werewolves and like the whole plot is him just murdering the shit out of like members of riverdale like very early on and then we find out that betty her like lineage is a bunch of uh, werewolf hunters. Yes. Um, so immediately it's like Betty's like, I got to fucking kill Jughead, get my cool ass cousins and shit. And we going to blow the shit out of these motherfucking werewolves. And uh, it just kind of like, that's kind of the big premise of the story. Uh, people start getting turned into werewolves. So there's more werewolves at play. At one point, Moose gets eviscerated and becomes a character named Franken-Moose. Um, <laughs> yes. It should be. Well, it should technically be Franken-Moose's monster. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, so it was, it was funny because, like you mentioned, this is the first one after the initial two titles, but they weren't super confident because Jughead the Hunger was initially a one shot. So it count the, the Jughead the oh. Hunger one shot counts as issue zero, and then oh. they launched on the success of the sales of the Jughead the Hunger one shot. Uh, one shot, they actually did decide to launch it as a a series proper. So oh, so you can read the 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 one shot, and then it sort of leads into the 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 series itself. Interesting. Interesting. Archie, Archie was doing a lot of one-shots around that time. They weren't putting money behind a lot of series. They did Archie proper, which was the only one they did for a lot of issues. They relaunched Jughead, and after they did, I think it was uh, 13 or or maybe 16 issues or something, they ended that one. Uh, They did the... um, They did Reggie and Me, which was only five issues, they did a couple other. Uh, they did the. They brought back Josie and the Pussycats, but that was only like eleven issues. They didn't even, or it was nine, or it was some weird number. They didn't even let it run to fill my subscription because I was like, sure, I'll buy the twelve issue run. And then like they did eight or nine, and then I got three or four issues of another comic. Uh, they didn't really put the confidence because I don't think honestly I, I they were it, they I were selling a lot. Or four issues of like. The most random, like it wasn't even an Archie comic. Archie, Archie just like bought like the irredeemable Ant Man and like mailed it <laughs> to you. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it ended up. I think it, I think it pivoted to be the Reggie and Me comic or something. Uh, but I remember when they did, they relaunched the Betty and Veronica comic, and uh, that one only lasted three issues, and then they pivoted that to be Betty and Veronica. Uh, I forget what it is. It's it's where they're like in a motorcycle gang. Uh, Vixen. Oh yeah, Betty Vixens, Veronica Vixen, right? Like I, I yeah. think yeah, it's the Vixens because I definitely have a few issues of those. Like I, yeah. I, it's funny because like again, since I've started doing this comic, uh, sorry, this podcast, uh, every time a new comicsology like sale comes up for like uh, Archie things, I'm just like, all right, fuck it, I'll just buy like I don't know like. Th- 50 bucks worth of Archie comics. I don't know what any of this shit is. I'm yeah. just going to throw it in my cart because I know i got a podcast about it eventually. Yeah. It's like, oh, they go to the movies? Okay, cool. Oh, they like meet a cat? Sure. Let's see what this cat's up to. Like, it's just like anything that I could possibly maybe, find. Maybe they meet yeah. that mysterious orange cat from the cover of Giant Size Sabrina 1. It's, it's a fight. It's a fight between like OG uh, Harvey and this fucking orange charlatan and they just like go at it. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think what had happened was they just other than the main Archie series, none of the comics were selling well. So they did right. do a lot of one shots where they did like the Archies as a one shot, like they did one about the band, and then they pivoted that to be a series where it would be like Archie, the Archies meet uh, Tegan and Sarah, the Archies meet Churches, the Archies meet Blondie, wait, and they did a bunch. Is that real that the Archies met Tegan and Sarah? <laughs> Yes. Just wait, just <laughs> wait, Danny. I'm sure we'll yeah. fucking cover it on Musicians Month. Oh, you, just, you, you know. will. Uh, we'll we'll talk all about it. I but love Tegan and Sarah. They they also did like a Little Archie one shot. They did um, a Big Moose having his own comic one shot. They did so they did like a bunch of these one shots, and it seems like only the horror ones were the ones that sold enough where they decided to sort of pivot and just like you know what. 
We're going to let Mark Wade do his Archie. And when he's done, we're going to tie that back into the, the traditional Archie numbering because they stopped Archie at issue like 666, I think, was the last Archie regular title. Then they relaunched it with the Mark Wade. I think they did 32 issues of, of Archie. And then they've gone back to the traditional numbering. Right, right. Because, yeah, because they're doing like Archie and Sabrina are still are they still dating or did they break I up? I think so. They they were doing a five issue arc of that. But that is technically like issue number, you know, six, whatever, or 700. Like it is they aren't doing the traditional numbering yet, but it is considered the volume one again or they've tied it all back in like. Right. Oh, it's right. like yeah. that obnoxious thing where DC renumbered all of them. And then, like, 50 issues later, oh, they weren't God. selling. They were like, just kidding, Superman 1000. Look, it's a big round number, assholes. Oh, yeah. No, dude, like, you, you say DC, but believe me, Marvel does this. Everyone oh. does this. Honestly, I appreciate that Archie is, like, relatively simple because they just go back to one form of numbering. Yes. Like, when it gets to some comic books, like, they have so many volumes and they've had so many number ones. Like, I remember one of the great jokes in the new Howard the Duck comic was, like was talking about like how oh it's the second number one in less than a year we're back again like they, <laughs> they always just make great fun a lot of the cohort comic the comedy comics like really really yeah. nice well world girl that. too well that that's yeah. why i was making fun of uh was uh I, I i read a bunch of the 90s run of aquaman which is one of like like you said like seven, seven. like they oh god like one aquaman, aquaman. Aquaman is only uh, bested by Hawkman in the failed amount of uh, times they tried to make him cool. It's not fucking happening. You ever, heard, don't... You ever heard the song Aquaman by Oogla the Mook? <laughs> no, but okay. I don't want to know more about this. The description, it's a band that plays at like Comic-Cons, and the, the description of the song about him on their album says um, uh, a song about how Aquaman will never be cool no matter how many limbs he loses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. They they really were doing that for a while. Yeah, remember um, he was just like half hard water. In the, excuse me, I got as far afield. <laughs> I, I only know about Aquaman comics. I, I only know Aquaman and a little bit about X-Factor. So uh, that's, that's my that's expertise okay. I'm bringing to this. No worries. Uh, that's okay. It's good. Uh, honestly, I think out of all the comics and the horror comics, at least that I've read, I think Jughead the Hunger is actually my least favorite i think for me it, it, it's not bad like i don't think it's bad like, i think it's plenty of uh, plenty of fun fun things in it and i'll get, definitely kind of get alex's take on it in a second but for me i think it takes itself just a tad bit too seriously like i think they're still kind of trying to juggle the tone a little bit and i think there is some comedy in it but like i don't think the balance is set as well as with some of these other the other comics that we'll be talking about that i really really love um so that's kind of one of my issues and i think sometimes the artwork like uh it has it has this occasional horror comic problem which like i had a problem with in some of like the freddy and jason comics where like the guts are just gratuitous man like it it honestly just seems like gratuitous just like seeing all these like intestines and everything just like half a person and like just like leaking out and i'm like yeah 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 you cut people in half this is like it just unpleasant and gross i think in some of the artwork uh doesn't really work for me but like again that's what it's going for it's not like hee hee look at me i'm jughead i'm a vampire and a werewolf nothing bad can happen to me Hoo -hoo. but like you know, <laughs> 
I want it's still... a cartoon where you voice Jughead in that voice. <laughs> no, I, you know, I would be a great Jughead because I'm fat and I eat. But I would have to get skinny and eat, so maybe it would be hard. But you're, uh, not, you're not fat. You always talk about how fat you are. But I, I finally met you in person, and you're all like spelt and stuff. I, I picked you up and carried you around. Remember? I, I don't, I don't remember much about that weekend. But anyways, <laughs> Alex, what did you think of? What did you? What do you think of Jughead the Hunger? Um, I think it's a better concept than it is a comic. I, I, I get that in the pitch meeting, it's like, well, Jughead's always eating. What if Jughead was a, was a werewolf? Like he'd always be eating people. And it's, it, we've already done zombie. Like after zombie, the hungriest thing is a werewolf. I think <laughs> it works. It works better as a concept than it does as a comic. I've read a couple of the issues. I've, I've got them all, or I, I don't know. It was one of those, it's in my my pull list and I've got the issues waiting for me at the comic shop and I'm like, I'll get them one day. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm not in a rush to finish reading it. I will say, whereas I, I desperately wanted to read all of the afterlife and, and chilling adventures of Sabrina when they were coming out this, this, the Jughead, the hunger. I'm like, yeah, like it's, it's a fun idea, but you know, execution wise, it's, 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 it's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I what I think. Like, I think, uh, I mean, like, if you're into some werewolf stuff, like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Like, it's fine. And like, there's, uh, I, I think the the actual werewolf design with the crown does kind of look cool. But I mean, if you're oh, into yeah. some werewolf stuff, don't read this comic. Watch Ginger Snaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know what? I'm not going to argue with that. And then uh, listen Andrew to will the never Thor's argue out. with promoting uh canadian horror yes yeah. and, and then listen to the thor's hour of thunder where we review ginger snaps. Oh, oh i see what this is this <laughs> yeah. is a fucking plug god damn you thor god damn you <laughs> um talking about the the next comic yes listen to that folks uh, thor does very good work on his podcast i'm just being a dick unlike <laughs> normal um but i think the next uh the next comic after jughead the hunger is what i really want to talk about because i fucking love vampironica like vampironica is like it feels like uh it feels very similar in tone to like kind of like a modern take with uh, uh on like a buffy the vampire slayer because like it's clearly going for the buffy the vampire slayer vibe but like it's veronica and like it's very true to the character of veronica so it's like veronica is a vampire and she's like trying to like save the town from all these other vampires and like it's a really like cute uh cute comic that like i think has like really good uh, back and forth dialogue. Uh, it's written by a husband and wife, Meg and Greg Smallwood, who also uh, Greg Smallwood does the art for it. Wait, so wait, like it feels and like names rhyme Meg and Greg. Oh yeah, maybe they're not. Maybe they're maybe they're not married. Um, I think they're married at least. I don't know. They got the same names. Maybe maybe I just did some Roberto Aguirre Sacasa shit and I didn't even know it. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, but it, there is a duo of Meg and Greg, uh, but they they do a, a really good job writing writing this storyline. And like this is a story that I, I actually got introduced to by unfortunately we missed I missed out on this variant cover. But Alex, as soon as his variant cover like came out, Alex was like, oh, my God, you have to see this. And it's a parody of uh, Spider-Man issue 
I don't think it's a hundred. It might be a hundred. It's like the first appearance of Morbius the vampire. And in in the image, like it's Morbius like backhanding uh Spider-Man. And that's when Spider-Man had his fucking six arms because he was mutating. And it's this amazing cover of like of Spider-Man just being bitch slapped by Morbius. Like it's gold. Um, and uh it's like a parody of that, but it's like with Veronica like doing the bitch slap, and I'm like, yeah, like this Amazing is- Spider-Man 101. Oh, it's 101. Okay, I knew it was like right in there because like it, it's like the the issue 100 arc of Spider-Man is very weird because he's like mutating and there's vampires and it's like this is this is a weird. Yeah, he's got idea. the six arms, right? Yeah, yeah. So who he's got is the six she? Arms. Who is she slapping on the cover? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. I think who it's she's Archie. Slapping. Yeah, uh, it's probably Archie. Although it's 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 funny because like this uh this comic does feature like the betty and veronica for like archie thing but like veronica's also got her own shit going on like right so it's not just like her pining over archie like eventually she just like shows up and is like hey archie fucking vampires are happening get in here and we're gonna like have a great time and fucking kill vampires like let's stop fucking around and also like it's another great use of dilton doily uh which is a character that like gets has like a especially in these horror comics like they don't really know what to do with dilton doily he's normally a uh like he normally like dies in an issue like it's it almost always happens but it's like oh yeah dilton doily yeah get fucked dilton here you got like eaten by a werewolf or drop kicked by like a zombie down a set of stairs or something stupid like it just they don't really ever do anything with dilton and this story actually does uh, use Dilton Doily uh, really well um, by having him uh, be like Vampironica's like assistant. Like he helps her build all of her like cool Slayer items and and kind of like helps her come up with all the ideas. Like he's kind of her sidekick, helps her like find good blood and like and stuff like that and get around some of like the vampire hunger and stuff like that. And I think it's just like a really well written nice comic like this is like a fun if you're on halloween and you want to read like a fun comic because like it does not get super dark and super serious it's always kind of a light-hearted tone but people be getting eaten by vampires so i i really like this alex have you read much of this i think you only read the first issue right yeah i only read the first issue it's it's again it's one that's on my list that i'm almost waiting for it to be i've been burned with all these archie comics i want to wait and see if it'll get finished before I read it all. Well, the first, yeah, that's fair. The first, it's so funny that like you have such the opposite approach to comics to me, where you're like, oh my god, this comic better finish. Whereas I think I have like five or six unopened issues of Peter David's X Factor, which ended like ten years ago, just like <laughs> sitting, sitting in my comic pile, and I'm like saving these for a rainy day. <laughs> Not even like I I'm mean, anticipating them, just that I'm like. Yep, these are a thing that I own. <laughs> What's what is nice about Vampironica is there's five issues. The first five issue volume could be its own thing and could be a totally separate story. Like it like they they at least got to finish their first volume, which told a complete story. Right. Now they kind of did some retconning ish in order to make uh the crossover happen, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, when they brought her in for a crossover. 
But it di- it is nice where if you just buy the trade paperback of the first five issues, you can totally just be getting a complete story, which is nice. Which right. it kind of and, and and it doesn't go on for too long. It's just like a nice succinct five issues. Um, and I I definitely think this is this is worth uh, worth tracking down. Um, now technically Blossom six 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 is the next one of this, but probably it's easier to jump into the newer one, which is Jughead, the hunger versus Vampironica where they cross over the two series. And, um, I, I'm going to guess I might be the only one who's read any of this. Uh, cause uh, yes. I, yeah. No, cause it surprisingly kind of, I've read every issue. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. This is your super knowledgeable part. Um, but this is really interesting because again, it's this thing that Archie comics is doing a lot right now. And that's meshing all of their worlds into one, right? Like there's this, uh, like in the Archie versus Predator two, they're mashing old school Archie with Mott, like with uh, the modern day Wade Archie, and kind of dealing with a lot of like the history of Archie, and a lot of interesting topics there. And in Jughead's Time Police, I haven't read a lot of it, but I believe Jughead's Time Police right now is kind of dealing with like the history of Jughead and how Jughead is 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 going and and has worked in the past. Have you read any of Time Police, Alex? Uh yeah, I've read the the first issue uh and it's it's fun. I've I've seen, you know, that they can't help themselves from showing the art from some of the upcoming ones where it looks like we're going to have like Crisis on Infinite Riverdales where it's like every Jughead <laughs> that's ever existed in one issue. Like, every style of Jughead, but then also future Jughead is kind of like Cable, where, like, they they did a variant cover of one of the new Jughead Time Police, where it's, like, a cover of one of the uh, X-Men or X-Force or whatever it was comics with Cable. Nice, nice. Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, this one, it... It's like some Sabrina stuff, and I think it's Sabrina from Afterlife with Archie, because like some there's like a a girl in I think it's um, Jughead the Hunger's universe who doesn't know that she's the daughter of Satan, and then she reads one of Satan's books, and it just brings the entire all of the like brings the universes kind of like colliding together, and yeah. there's this moment where Sabrina is like telling Jughead and Vampironica to get along because in the Jughead universe, all of the vampires were, were murdered by the, um, the werewolves. The werewolves are like, we're fucking going to fuck up your shit. Nom, 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 nom. And just like, oh, kill them. so it's like, uh, what's it? Kate Beckinsale. What's that? that underworld. <laughs> underworld. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> underworld. It's like underworld. The lichens versus the vampires. Yeah. With Bill Nighy and, and uh Michael uh, Michael Sheen or whatever. Excuse me. Yeah, but in this world wrong. instead of I was just gonna say you pronounced his name wrong. It's Bill Nighy the science guy he <laughs> Fucking hell. I stole that joke that's... from the flophouse.com. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, it was, uh, it's really interesting because it adds an extra level to, um, Jughead the Hunger, sorry, because now they, this is how the convoluted way they have to bring back Pops, because in, uh, Vampironica, Pops gets turned into a vampire, 
And then he accidentally with these other vampires switches over, gets like brought over to the Vampironica universe. So now even though Jug, the way at the end of this storyline, that vampire version of Pops is now still living in the Jughead, the Hunger universe. And Jughead's all feels really weird about like buying burgers from him because he's like, technically I ate you and you're not really Pops, but like. I still want these fucking burgers, so I'm gonna I'm gonna eat them. But like, it's like a weird, weird dichotomy, and it, and it, like I guess they were like scrambling for what to do with like Jughead the Hunger because they had to bring in vampires and they didn't really know how. And I think that's kind of what this crossover did. But there are certain moments in it where they deal with like all of these like insane one shot universes, like they go through. Like uh, there's like a panel where it's literally like a crisis on infinite earth type panel where it's like um, it's Sabrina trying to like close off the portals to like all these like different worlds. So they don't all co-mingle, but like you get these like vignettes of all these different Archie universes like clashing. So there's like things like, like the Betty and the, the Vixens are riding with Frank and moose, like Frank and moose is like joined their like gang. Oh, I'm trying to remember who is in. I think it's like I think it might be like the baby Archies have somehow ended up in Josie and the Pussycats in space and they're like floating around in space. Yeah. And like, (laughs) yeah. And and there's like all these like kind of like really goofy vignettes of of these characters mashing up. And there's like there's even one where they they uh, they mash up the Black Hood who like in his own comic is like murdering and like massacring people with this like classic superhero Archie comics. Like, oh, so heart? it's like, yeah. So it's like yeah. chipper, chipper, like super, uh, super Archie. And like, he's just at a scene where like the, the black hood is like strangled a dude to death. And they're like, Oh my God, you killed Jughead. And like, it's just Jughead, like murdered by this man. um but like it's a really funny like goofy comic that really kind of like combines all these one shots that um that uh alex was talking about into one comic and uh even if you are kind of only slightly familiar with um jughead the hunger or vampironica like i think you can just have a good time if you just pick up this like versus comic because like it's it does seem like a very goofy idea and it does bring in a lot of disparate elements and of the these versus was a one shot no it was a five issue series there oh, okay. are five issues uh, of jughead the hunger versus vampironica so they like they like go in and they have all these like meetings of uh you know vampironica just beating the shit out of jughead and you know having fun you know it's a fun it's a fun little comic uh dealing with the different versions of of betty like what betty is like in the vampironica universe and what betty is like in this jughead the hunger universe where like in jughead the hunger like that betty is like i'm gonna fucking put a cap in anyone who fucks with me like she's a very murdery that's kind of her whole thing in Jughead the Hunger. Um, but I think that one is probably like really fun and an interesting thing to see. And then I think the the last one that we're going to talk about and, and just briefly here, don't have to get into super big detail, because this one I actually think is definitely worth reading. And that's Blossom 666, which is written by Cullen Bunn. 
And uh, I don't know if either of you guys know the author, Cullen Bunn. Um, he He's one of my favorite ongoing authors, and he always writes, like, really good horror comics. Like, that's kind of his thing. Um, oh, so like he, he's wrote, he, mostly he's writes, he mostly writes non-Archie comics. He, he mostly uh, writes yeah, like, he's, he's not... Yeah, he's done a lot of of stuff with Marvel, but like even his Marvel stuff kind of goes into like the more like sinister and like creepy. Oh, like uh, Ven- like for yeah, example, I'm looking Venom verse and Agent Venom and yeah, that yeah, was pretty he, dark. A- Agent Ven- Agent Venom was pretty dope. So if you ever if you're ever like at a comic book store and you see like Agent Venom style Venom, like th- those are like a good like I think twenty thirty issues. Like those are pretty fun. Is that, is that um, the but one he that's also... just an exact recreation of the first season of the X Files, but with Venom replacing David Duchovny. <laughs> no, not at all. That's when Flash Thompson loses his legs in afghanistan and then the venom symbiote gives him his legs back and that's like and he that's the only way that he can like feel alive again is with the venom symbiote oh wow uh, it's mm. yeah it's it's uh, a neat it's, take i like it yeah it's it's a very interesting take it's like a it really makes the symbiosis like an extra ex- next level but bun has also written a lot of like solo comics um like there's a lot of like weird like image horror comics and he also wrote the pumpkin head comics which are are fucking sweet they like last year they released like a five issue pumpkin pumpkin head miniseries and like the whole the whole premise of it was that like the pumpkin head spirit is all about revenge and it just introduces there being like four other series uh, sorry, I think six other sisters, like, so the seventh sister, that's seventh sister, and, like, they all represent the deadly sins, and they all have very specific demons for the deadly sins that, like, do very specific, like, revenge tasks, and somebody hires all of those sisters to, like, fucking take out the pumpkin head demon, so it's, like, the pumpkin head demon, like, just running havoc on all of these different uh, seven deadly sins-esque villains and it has really cool artwork and is and is a cool idea uh he's also written some godzilla comics so a man after a man after my own heart uh but this series is basically um it's it takes the uh, the blossom dynamic which is cheryl and jason blossom and the whole idea is that one of them is going to be the antichrist and it's kind of a decision yeah, it's kind of like a. They are both pitted against each other, and they are pitted against each other by like their satanic cult and the satanic like their whole family has like this whole satanic basis. And since they had twins on the same day, they are going to decide which one of them will be the antichrist, and they have to kind of like use uh, their powers of manipulation to kind of like cause the most havoc or like cause or like corrupt the most people in Riverdale in order to kind of get sway and show like, Hey, I'm the most evil. Like I'm the antichrist. Let's not fuck around here. So like they have this thing where like, Hey, we're like Jason and Cheryl, but they're also like going against each other. So it's, it's, it's different to their normal take because 
normally Cheryl and, and Jason are just like always doing the exact same thing and are very copacetic. So it's very interesting to to see them kind of at odds a little bit. And the way that they kind of like corrupt people and like slowly like work in the system is is very interesting. Like one of the most pivotal uh, moments of the series is they're both really wanting to corrupt Betty Cooper because like, of course, like Betty is like in this. It's like classic Betty. Um, So it's that's kind of like a big, big theme of Blossom 666. And uh, as of now, it's only five issues. It was like an only five issue miniseries and they have not they they kind of hinted at there being more but as of wait, now wait a second how could they have not had it be a six issue miniseries look man i don't know i think they like again with vampironica like i think what instead of doing one shots now i think they're doing um five issue chunks and then waiting to see if it's done because the last three books we've talked about have been five, five, and five. If it was six, six, and six, that'd be dope, 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 but it's not. Um, <laughs> it's been because there was like five issues of Vampironica, five issues of Jughead the Hunger, and five issues of uh, The Blossoms, 666. So, like, I'd see, I think instead of doing the one shots, I think they're kind of giving people room to tell an entire arc and then seeing what sells the best and how it does. And I'm very interested to see where Blossom 666 goes. Thank you for explaining that. That sounds really intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, no. Once once I get done reading those X-Factor issues from 10 years ago, maybe I'll move on to this. (laughs) Yeah, I honestly honestly think, like, I I love Vampironica, but Vampironica is very much like an Andrew Andrew shit. Like, it's like... It's that kind of comic where, like, someone read it and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is this is Andrew. Like, this is some like snarky bullshit." Um, but I think <laughs> Blossom Six Six is probably like the best written, the most compelling from like a storytelling standpoint, and I think is is very much worth reading because they just have like a really fun back and forth. I am a big fan of Cullen Bunn as as a writer. And uh, yeah, I hope I hope this gets another batch. But there are, are a few other like Archie horror adjacent titles, but they're not really, uh, you know, they're not really in that that vein. And I would probably like to save them for next year because uh, next year you will get to hear me talk all about Vampirella and Red Sonia meet Betty and Veronica. And I just Ooh. want to convince other someone else to read that because I don't want to be the only one who has read those weird sex character, sex comic characters show up and deal with classic sex comics characters. Uh, <laughs> as as, as uh, Alex has so deftly explained about the history of Betty and Veronica in dirty comics. They were always <laughs> horny characters. Very fair. So they they do end up going along better than you'd think. I like it. I'm I will definitely be there. Okay. Now before we end, I want to have for each of you. I, I and I, I will go. I will go as well. I what what pitch or area of Archie horror would you like to see them go next? Like what weird topic or weird realm mm. subgenre of horror? you like them to tackle and who would you like to tackle it danny um, do you have any ideas sorry i didn't mean to cut you. That's okay. alex yeah. immediately had yeah, an idea uh, you have alex, an... alex will have the better idea so let's let me go first um i want um have you seen the movie the frighteners 
Yep. Of course, that's the Frighteners. Okay, so basically, the Frighteners, a guy who's like works in cahoots with ghosts to you know scam people, but it's Reggie, and he's just trying to scam people to have people think he's cool using ghosts. But then real ass ghosts show up, so him and his ghosts have to fight him. I like that. Okay. I like that, and and I will say mine is also Reggie, uh, but I want I want Reggie. Uh, invisible man, but sort of like hollow man style where Reggie thinks it'll be cool because he can sneak because he can like sneak into the girl's locker room and do all this stuff. But then because Reggie is such an attention whore, the idea that nobody will be able to see him will start driving him constantly more and more crazy to the point where he's going to be like thrill killing people just to get like like just to get people talking. And like, I think the idea of Reggie being invisible would actually be such a blow to his ego that it would drive him insane. And I want to see somebody explore Reggie go insane that way. Ooh, I love it. Nice, nice. I like it. I like it. I have two ideas. I think a miniseries uh, which does the devil and Daniel Webster, but it's like the devil and Jughead Jones, where Jughead Jones accidentally makes a deal with the devil for a hamburger and you know some some shenanigans have to apply uh some some sort of like e- uh, eating contest or like some something where like the devil and jughead accidentally kind of like collide um i also want to do something to do with aquatic horror so i don't know if i want to do like a jaws type spinoff where like all of the kids get eaten by like sharks or something and like we have like a we have the sexy dad squad from Riverdale as the characters from Jaws have to yes. go fight, you know, a giant shark or like Cthulhu or something. Like, I think it, I think it would be fun to do a Archie horror comic where the kids aren't actually the leads; it's like their 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 parents or something like that. Just kind of like change it up a little bit. Ooh, I like that. That would be cool. That would be cool. And when I think said, that'll be. When you said aquatic so... horror. I just immediately thought Kevin Keller is Swamp Thing. <laughs> oh it could be a, sh- a shape of water but like he's boning a dude like there you go, oh, there you go. Um, what one thing we forgot to mention andrew sorry just to, before we finish up here is that i don't know because i know you didn't read to the end of of afterlife with archie but issue number 10 is actually an origin story of the uh vampire versions of josie and the pussycats who you find out are a band of vampire women who every 10 years uh, like steal the identities of, of uh, or they change the identities to a different genre of music and like become a new band and just are vampires who travel town to town, killing people, just drinking their blood, and then every 10 years just turning into a, a new iteration of Josie and the Pussycats. It's a really cool, like it's, it's a one-off that exists within the Afterlife with Archie imprint. Damn. Okay. That sounds dope. That sounds dope. I am surprised they haven't really got onto like. So you can just read it on its own. Nice. That's awesome. Like, I'm surprised they haven't done any, like, uh, any of the horror comics of Not Stars, Josie and the Pussycats, now that you mention it. Like, I feel like an evil band or or something under that uh, kind of idea probably would have, you know, might have worked pretty well. So that's a that's a interesting thing that they've done. And maybe they'll expand on that. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'd be into it if it was uh, sort of like you were saying, Daniel, uh, Daniel and uh, Devil and Daniel Webster. If you did sort of like Josie, where it was like uh, Devil went down to Georgia, where the Pussycats (laughs) 
challenged the devil to like a, a concert and they lost so like they're touring and they have to do whatever to 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 give him souls so that he doesn't take theirs like i'd be into that where like it could be funny if you want it to be or it could just be like really fucking dark <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's like that so is a I, great. Idea. I got I got down a rabbit hole. I was trying to remember the movie, um, about a uh, uh, like vampire rock band that goes from town to town, which I think is called like Black Roses or something like that. But it is. It was filmed partly in Dundas, uh, Ontario. There you are. Thank you. So, but I. I bam, was, bam, bam. But when I typed in vampire rock band movie, the first result is. A 2009 movie called Suck. Oh, I remember seeing the, the <laughs> Blu-ray case for that at the the store. I'm I'm surprised Queen of the Damned wasn't the first thing to come up because like isn't like the vampire Lestat and that he's a he's a he's a vamp right? Yeah, that in the, a band that whole thing? book was all about him becoming like uh like a rock star and Suck I think has Alice Cooper in it. Uh, just to get back on that for a second, but uh, oh yeah, it's got God. Jessica Pere, Malcolm McDowell, Iggy Pop, and Alice Cooper. And it why was is clearly Alice Cooper, Why is Alice Cooper not allowed to be in any good movies besides Prince of Darkness? Good question. Hey man, Alice, Alice Cooper was in uh, Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare, where he beats a young. Robert Ing- well, it wasn't Robert England, but he beats a young Freddy, causing him to go insane. Oh, I forgot that beast. that was Alice Cooper. Oh my god. Oh. Yep, that was that was a Coops. That was a Coops. Speaking of Cooper, Betty Cooper. Anyways, I think we're gonna end this episode. <laughs> Danny, where can people find your further works on they the internet? You can interwebs? find me at Thor's Hour of Thunder. Just uh, type Thor's Hour of Thunder into any podcast. Uh, service and uh we'll show up and then you can listen to us we've been doing all horror movies the last uh couple months uh because we really like horror movies um but we're about to get back to regular ass movies i know we got cool runnings coming up so uh that'll be exciting well there you go good luck with that <laughs> alex <laughs> oh, come on. wait wait time you. out time out you don't like cool runnings Alex, where can we find your <laughs> works on the internet? Uh, you know, follow me on, on Instagram uh, at AJ Patteson, P-A-T-T-E-S-O-N. Uh, all this month, I've just been posting pictures of the horror movies I'm watching, the, the games I'm playing, the other costumes and, and related stuff. I've been trying to watch things that uh, I've been trying to watch the laser discs I have of horror movies that I, that, you know, don't exist on DVD, like the borrower where this alien just keeps stealing people's heads and they explode. And it's, it's pretty, (laughs) it's pretty stupid and gross, but it does have a Riverdale tie in. Uh, It was, um, uh, Madshin Amick's first film. I don't even know who that is. What? Okay. Guess what we're watching. (laughs) Guess what we're watching Uh, next week. Betty's mom, uh, at 18 years old like because she's always been beautiful but like seeing her you know at 18 i'm like oh my god she's so gorgeous in this movie as like the one character's neighbor who films this music video at some point in the movie it's really dumb but she it's it's just it's right before she did twin peaks so she's absolutely gorgeous and uh 
yeah, so that that does have a tie in. And yeah, just my Instagram is filled with pictures of, you know, quirky pop culture, oftentimes horror stuff that I like and collect. So. Yeah. And, nice. and yeah, I, I recognize uh, my uh, my avatar or my, my display photo on on Instagram because it's of my uh, Jughead tattoo. Oh, cool. And it's a uh, it is a bitching tattoo. I, I, I think it's very uh, it's, a, it's a great idea to follow Alex on Instagram because every time I find a new uh, Archie or Riverdale uh, Instagram that I'm very excited to find and I want to share with Alex, I find out he's been there for months and liked all the photos already. <laughs> and you're like, oh, all right, I guess because I, I don't need to share this with him. He <laughs> is on the ball. He knows what's going on. You young people in your Instagram. I'm just on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, well, I apologize to your life. And as always, you can find this podcast at Twitter at mpodcastm, or you can email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com. None of you have ever done that. As always, please rate us five stars on your perspective place if they allow that or thumbs up or i don't know think good thoughts chaos magic you do you it's spooky time <laughs> chaos uh, magic. <laughs> and i hope that you have a wonderful halloween and we will see you next time and as always blame the cw goodbye